Need a change of pace? Well, you're at it. WebmasterRadio.fm, your home for B2B. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story. Headline. The spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Cover Story. I'm joined with my co-host, Mick Jolly, today of PR Web. Hey, Mick. How you doing, Brandy? Honestly? Honestly. I feel like hell. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? How to lose 20 pounds of ugly, fat, 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 fast girls? Shut um, your head off. There you go. <laughs> I mean. Well, you know, I, uh, I got in last night on, a, on an airplane. Uh, got home about two o'clock and in the in the middle of the night, and the thing that exhilarated me got me going. Dave was uh, hey, we got a radio show today, yeah. and I knew that we were going to have a fun guest, so that kind of exhilarated me a little bit to to, to get my day going and get ready and get things done so I could be uh, prepared to uh, enjoy the show. All right, so you know what, cheerful one. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, put me in my place, are you? <laughs> yeah, oh my God. No, it's horrible. I'm just complaining and complaining. I've got horrible allergies, and everyone I've spoken to is feeling the same way. You know what? My uh, my my uh, radio show uh, partner, who co-hosts with you, prim- well, primarily in the beginning, was uh, of course <laughs> David McInnes, and he's he's been battling the allergies. And we were we were in beautiful sunny Arizona at a at the beautiful Camelback Resort. Ooh, They're on business, but uh, you know we spent a few days there. But the uh, the allergies just uh, just did the poor guy in. It's uh, horrible. So it's, 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 it's t- a tough time, but um, you know it almost makes you glad to get back to rainy Washington. <laughs> right, exactly. So right, so David won't be joining us today. He won't be. No, he wanted to, and, and particularly knowing knowing something of our guests and being a fan, he wanted to uh, participate. But um, you know, due to circumstance beyond his control, he's he's tending to tend those other needs. <laughs> I think that people are are you know what people that. The truth is out. Actually, David McGinnis is not a real person. He's, <laughs> he's you know, uh, he's someone that we've created for our own amusement and play. Yeah, kind of like the Remington Steel of, of, uh, of PR. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like our excuse when we need an excuse. He's our hero when we need a hero. He's our better half when, you know, we don't feel like toiling. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I think he could fulfill all those roles uh, very well. The good, the good fortune is that he... He's very much a real person, and uh, that, that works out. That works out to our, to our benefit again. But yeah, I, I hear you. Have you pinched him? Um. Well, no, I, w- I wouldn't admit to that. <laughs> oh God. So anyway, without talking about pinching people, without further ado, we actually have um, a phenomenal case study. Um, I'd like to say I'd like to look at her. As a, as a bit of a case study, we have a woman um, who's coming on the air. Her name is Nani Vinkin, and she's a world-renowned celebrity designer. Um, this is an amazing woman, who's someone who's both um, a designer and an engineer, which is sort of an oxymoronic thing, um, by trade, and someone who had um, generated a lot of respect for herself within the industry that she worked in. And all of a sudden, she found herself flung into the world of TV and doing an amazing job as a lead designer for TLCs in a show. Um, in a fixed show. And, um, you know, in my head, there's water. I apologize. But, uh, and 
all of a sudden, she is out there as a brand, not just as a person who does what she does, but as a brand. So um, we're going to bring her on and talk to her today about, you know, first of all, how it feels to go from um, a very focused environment to uh, being out there for the world to see and how she's actually maximizing and uh, creating that awesome brand that is the Noninator. So welcome, Nani Vinkin. Hey there. How are you guys? Great. Well, I'm plagued with allergies too, by the way. Uh, I mean, all, all of us good ones. I don't know how you escape this, Mick. <laughs> I, I got lucky. I got lucky. I'm sorry. But nonetheless, <clears throat> I'm here. I'm a little um, hoarse, but that's okay. So I heard you doing this great intro, Brandy. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. But it's true. So this is really, let's give everyone a bit of a background about you. If you could just come on and tell us briefly uh, a little bit about where you're from, um, where you get your roots from in regard to uh, your professional career and sort of how you came onto the scene with television. Well, firstly, I mean, I was um, born in Germany and raised and educated in Switzerland. I did my bachelor's of fine arts in Switzerland and my master's degree there as well. And at some point, um, tried to get a job as an industrial designer and engineer in Europe and saw, ooh, that's a little difficult because I showed up as a very naive 22-year-old and said, hey, let me work for you guys. And everybody looked at me, yeah, right. So anyways, I came to the United States to do an internship, and that was about nine years ago, and I'm still doing it, I guess, because I'm still not back home. <laughs> but you far surpassed an internship. Where did you intern originally? Well, originally I went to Mastercraft because I, you know, I'm, I'm, I was a big water skier. So I worked for Mastercraft for a little bit and then for Bombardier and started designing sport boats, Sea-Doo's for Bombardier. Um, for Bombardier, it's actually watercraft division in Florida. And that kind of took me to Stewart where I started designing bigger boats for Outboard Marine Corporation, which no longer exists. And from there, I went to Fort Lauderdale, where I started designing bigger boats, 70 to 100-foot range, and then ultimately mega yachts and uh, high-end residential homes. Wow. So let me ask you a question. What's the difference between a boat of 70 feet? Like, when do you go to that mega yacht status? Uh Well, you know, (laughs) a 70-foot boat is still considered a very large, I mean, it's a a big boat. But you call a, a yacht something that's, let's, let's say, between 70 and 100 foot. However, at 100 foot, you pass the level to the super yacht or the mega yacht, which is, you know, it's, it's a totally different level. You pay like three, four, five million dollars for a 70 footer, but you can pay $25 million for a 138 footer. So, Mick, when we get our, our, our big boat together, are we going to call it the mega yacht or are we going to call it um, a super yacht? You know, I'm, I'm out here in Puget Sound, and I have a kayak. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, I, I see some of these uh, big mega yachts from time to time, and I, I had an employer at one time that had a uh, boat that was actually uh, as a symbol. was that was a brand. It was an older boat, but it was built by uh, some some of the Boeing family. They decided to get into the boat manufacturing side, the same folks oh, wow. that the airplanes. And, and uh, you know, what a craft. Uh, and there, I've seen a number of them like that, these... Uh, mega yachts or super yachts or whatever you want to want to call them but i had an opportunity to, to look at uh some of nani's work though on on the web and impressive impressive i i, I it, it made me uh you know i don't want to say i uh, coveted any of that stuff but you know it certainly <laughs> made me aspire to to do more <laughs> <laughs> speaking of my websites this is a uh, the funny first lesson in pr 101 i think because you know i mean the website gig you know i come from the old economy where people 
you know, refer business from word of mouth. It's not like that, you know, I've ever had a huge marketing budget. I've never done any PR. So at some point I said, well, I guess I need a website, right? So um, painfully so, I realized, well, so you put out a website and there it goes into the grand place called the Internet, right? And it disappears. It's not there. And that's my first lesson in PR 101 because that's when I had to realize, I said, okay, I guess it's not that simple. You can't just put out a website and try to market yourself on the Internet and expect it to be there. So that was the first lesson learned. So then, of course, I started to look into search engine stuff and how this all worked and where it all went. Because, you know, I mean, mind you, for you guys, this is normal business and normal to do. For me, this is like, oh, I'm making a, a website and it should be there tomorrow, right? Right. Well, you know, it's unfortunate because it used to be the mentality of build it and they will come. And now you really need to build something for exactly your intended audience. Very true. You're competing for those eyes out there. There's real people out there on the other side of the, uh, the monitor and uh, you have to get their attention. Well, and I got their attention, but not only my client's attention, I got a lot of attention, and now I have a technical knockout from my own PR on the Internet, which means if I type in my website, both of them, I'm like on page six. Why is that? Because suddenly there's a lot of PR on me, like in papers, newspapers, whatever, <laughs> or somebody grabbed my name and did some, you know, advertising and stuff themselves, like... You know, silly, top gratis, and sexy, blah, blah, blah. It's really kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really funny. It's, no, so, you know, all the stuff that came out in newspapers and things have superseded my own business and my own website so that they're, like, you know, gone out there. And once again, I'm like, oh, interesting. That's a good lesson learned. Well, it what is a good... Would you say you took to uh, get yourself to that level of, uh, oh, how should we say, an industry flattery, if you will, where people are using your name in order to... To, to try and uh, build off it. Right. Oh, hey, wait a minute. So you call that industry flattery? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be, uh, you know, kind. <laughs> so That's a good definition of how that happened. Right? People are trying to, uh, you know, somehow tie themselves to your name yeah. in order to, to gain some greater level of credibility or visibility or what have you. And, of course, it's because you've obviously developed yourself as not only a, a, an expert in what you do, but, uh, you know, as, as a brand. And uh, people are trying to tie themselves to, to you. So I guess the, the question I have is, you know, what steps took you from being this engineering student that came out of Europe to where you are today? I mean, if you were to, you know, what, what would you say the significant steps were that, that helped take you to the next level? Well, I think the significant step was the TV show and suddenly me realizing, oh my, I mean, firstly, I worked for like eight months filming, I don't know how many episodes, and they never aired because, you know, you just filmed so many ahead of schedule. So I didn't realize it then, but once the first couple of episodes aired, I said, oh my God, what a fantastic opportunity I have here. Being on television pretty much every day or say five times a week, right? I have to capitalize on it in terms of not just Nanivinkin Design, and that's when I changed actually my business name to Nanivinkin.com, meaning it's a brand. It's not just a design business. Absolutely. It's me, the person. Absolutely. And that's where I needed to focus on to actually you know, come up with business ideas and, and focus on other things that could be relevant and, and new, actually, to me, given that I worked in a totally different arena before. Right, which, you know, and interesting for you, this is like a little side bit for people that are listening, I mean, you really have the capability to take a boat, for example, um, pre-construction, and then take it right through to delivery. Right, so which we like a turnkey thing, meaning I take something from a blueprint to, 
yes, on this and this date, you come on board and every candlestick, every towel, everything is in place. So it is a very well-rounded experience because there's very few companies out here in Fort Lauderdale who will deliver this, you know, full turnkey experience to you, you know. Which is awesome, but, uh, you know, but you're, you, your position, your role has always been to be client-centric. You know, deliver what the client wants. What, what does the client want? You know, how do I design their home so that they'll feel good, they'll live in it well, and then the best form of advertising, obviously, is, you know, referrals. So refer me to someone else. Uh, boat design. How can I design something for whether it's Bombardier or for, um, you know, your own private client who, you know, so that, that design will be one that's taken into the next decade so that I continue to have a job. And now you've got something that has your name and your label on it. So that's really taking you, I mean, because your focus as a person, as a businesswoman, um, your priorities in the past were much different than your priorities of today. How, how did you sort of, you know, get your mind around the fact that, no, the focus needs to go on the merit of what I've done in the past, keep myself on, on the today, but brand myself as a person going forward? Well, funnily enough, you should ask this because when, like I said, when I realized, oh, I have a great opportunity that I should capitalize on, I said, you know, let me talk to a couple of companies and agencies and so forth, and all of them told me, well, you know, you need to do some PR and some grassroots marketing and all of this stuff. So I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. So I went home and I said, PR and grassroots marketing. I mean, of course, we all know what this means. However, I then said, let me look it up, what PR really means. And guess what? You type that in the dictionary, you know what comes up? Abbreviation for Puerto Rico. <laughs> so grassroots marketing is a, as well a very you know vaguely defined right. term. It's not something. I mean, what does that mean? People tell you this stuff, and you're like, "What am I supposed to do now?" So means a lot of pressing of flesh. Huh? Means a lot of pressing of flesh. What does that mean? Pressing of flesh. Well, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, there, there. It means a not a lot of networking. Yeah, totally. And that's not something that you know I'm good at or I don't. I want to focus on because. I think that I'm a creative person and my energy is best spent being creative and doing what I'm good at. I'm not a networker. I'm not a PR person. I'm not a marketer. I'm not a salesperson, you know, so all of these things. So my first step was to say, oh, brilliant. I'm going to hire those experts so that I don't have to worry about it. Well, that was very interesting because all of these PR and marketing experts were doing was spending my money faster than I could even make it because you know, suddenly we were doing fundraisers in Chicago and, and, and all this craziness, having limos and this, that, and the other, and coming up with press for those events. I'm like, well, that's kind of silly. It's events that we're creating to get press. Why not take the things that I'm actually doing to get press? Because I'm doing a lot of things. Why create events? Why, why? Excellent point. Huh? That's an excellent point. Yeah, I mean, why do I have to create an event to get promotion out of what I'm doing and to, to have a valuable story to submit to any, you know, PR web or whatever company or magazine or journal. No, I have enough myself. I don't have to create anything. I do so many things from house, from TV, from, you know, clothing, from music. And, and, and I mean, just leech onto that and create me a story, you know? You know, it, it's interesting because I do know this. I want to go back. When you first start, when you first hired, like your first PR people, um, I do remember chatting with you and, you know, something I think that people need to be aware of if you are going to hire a PR firm and something that you realized is um, you have to find someone that has the passion that you do and who understands who you are. Because if your brand and your product is now yourself, someone really needs to know how to personify that exactly to the public the way you want. 
because you're the one that has to walk in your own skin. That's exactly the reason why that person doesn't work for me any longer because at some point I just didn't believe in all of these things, although I'm a person that does believe in experts. I'm not a micromanager, right? So I'm here to hire an expert to do the job. Well, at some point I asked her, I said, hey, who am I and who am I on this TV show? And what is my standard sentence? And who do I bicker with? And, you know, who am I on this TV program? And she didn't have the answer, which to me was really ridiculous because I'm like, how are you going to promote myself, believe in me, and market myself if you don't even watch my TV program, you don't know who I'm at, I am, and you don't, like, you know, take, like, excitement over, oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. So at the end of the day, I said, you know what, this doesn't work out. How can you work for me if you're not into these basic principles of who I am? See, and that's so important, important for our listening audience to hear. Because that is, you know, when you, when you look to see what other, what other PR agencies have done when you're looking to acquire a PR agency, you definitely want to look at case studies and success stories that they've had with other companies. But at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to be working with them. They need to understand your business almost better than you so that they can take you to the next level because that's what they're there for. So, all right, so now you realize the PR agency route isn't really for you. Right. So, you know, and besides that, I have this little motto that says, passion rules. If you don't have the passion, you can't work for me. So that didn't work. Then I tried it a little bit by myself. And English is not my mother tongue, as you may have noticed by now. So, you know, writing stuff and dealing with all this wasn't very successful. And then, funnily enough, through one of my, you know, new business development people, I had just like, um, on a consulting basis, hired another yet PR writer on the West Coast. And um, she came up with a couple of articles. And then came the, the, the breaking event for me in, in my life, actually, because I went to one of these SEO conferences in, um, where was it, Vegas? I think Las Vegas. Yep, and I listened to a seminar on PR and things like this. And this is when I realized, oh, this is great. This woman is writing stuff for me, but she's obviously not knowing how the Internet works and how this is all being pulled up and, and how it all comes together. because just the basic principles of her writing couldn't fulfill my articles being pulled up in the internet. So then I said, you know what? Forget this. I'm doing this. Hey, Mick. Huh? Mick? Yes. This is a great time for you to break in and say, we offer... SEO. And press release. (laughs) (laughs) And we write press releases. We do write press releases, honey. The show's not designed to be self-serving, but that's... You're you're right that there's a, there's a, a valid need there for because because there's lots of content out there but just because content's well written from a literary standpoint doesn't necessarily mean that the search engines are going to recognize it and of course uh darren bobbin who, who who's producing the the show i mean he can he can help you out with it from a site standpoint but, we do also <laughs> give a for the but you know we we also do provide uh optimization of press releases because a press release written generically will perform very well in most instances, if the news is is, is uh, notable, but there are things that can be done to, to improve it. Yes. It's uh, being palatable to the search engines, if you will, and uh, just the same things I'm sure you learned in that conference. They the, those principles apply to to press releases, and we try and uh, let people know about the value of those those upgrade services. So, yeah, you're wise to have looked into that, and and um, you know I'm not an SEO expert by any means, Nani, but we have some good folks that. Uh, work with us, um, and there's other good folks out there like Darren that can, that can uh, make sure you stay on track. So it's, it's good that you're willing to reach out of your own expertise 
and well, and, and you know, I mean, just to give you this funny example, because this is like the basic terms that even I know, although I'm like not the SEO and internet savvy person here, you know, if somebody types into the internet Nani Vinkin, then that's what comes up most and that's what people look for most. Well, you have to use that in the headline of your press release. You can't just say Nani. Well, exactly, because you want to be consistent. You want to be uniform and consistent always. You know what, Nani, uh, unless I'm spelling your name wrong, in, in, in my blog, I, I, uh, I, I put out a little blog saying, hey, you're going to be on the show, and it came up as the number one search result here a few minutes ago. So, and, <laughs> so, so there you go. I piggybacked on you. <laughs> so, there you go. Lovely. Hey, this is funny. So listen, on that note, yes, number one blogger in the world, uh, <laughs> we need to pay a little homage to our advertisers, and we'll be right back with our featured guest, Nani Vinkin. WebmasterRadio.fm Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7. So they got pretty good food here, huh? Uh -huh. Listen, I just got a new check from a program I joined. Oh, yeah? What effective CPM are they paying you? Pass the salt. Not sure. They just send me a check, not a detailed breakout. Are you joking? No. There's lots of ways to make money, but you need to be the master of your own destiny. With ValueClick Media, I instantly adopted a national sales force that delivers recognizable ads with high CPM payouts, mm. plus their new interface lets me control the ads I want to run and mm. tells me how much I earn from each advertisement. Wow. And that's how I'm better past the pepper. Wow, thanks for the tip. I'm going to give ValueClick Media a try. Join the ad network publishers trust most. Apply today at valueclickmedia.com. Contrary to what your mother told you, you cannot be all things to all people. You can, however, focus on your primary business and ensure your success by outsourcing technical projects to a company who is forward-thinking, solutions-oriented, and works as a complete extension of your organization. No need to do it over and over again. SRK Consulting can develop integrated automation programs, programming in most major languages, and operating systems. SRKConsulting.com, making sure your mother is all Always proud. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on GenieKnows.com. Install a co-branded search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. And at your command, GenieKnows.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our co-branded referral program. Genie knows how to deliver results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. Proud sponsor of the Webmaster World. Webmasterradio.fm. Get addicted. Get ahead. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this edition of Cover Story. I'm Brandy Shapiro-Babbin. I'm joined with my co-host, Mick Jolly. And today, our featured guest is Nani Vinken. She's a celebrity designer who is the lead designer on TLC's In A Fix TV show. And our focus today is taking a person from um, the occupation that they do and creating themselves as a true brand. And we're talking to Nani how she made... Um, you made that leap and the things that she did and the lessons that she learned along the way. Welcome back, Nani. Hey. Firstly, on a funny note, I have to say something that just occurred to me. You know, I'm a camera person. I speak into the camera and I'm very animated. Uh huh. And I'm not a radio or, or telephone person. So if you could see me right now, I'm like walking around the house and making all these gestures. And, you know, it's really funny. It's, it's just uh, the, the TV habit, I guess. That's your pace, huh? You pace while you talk on the phone? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm walking around and making big hand gestures and, you know, all this stuff. See, we used to be able to do that. Now we're in, now we're in a studio. But I used to call myself the wandering Jew. <laughs> I used to pace all over the place. So... She actually does wander. She was uh, broadcasting from a show, and she was walking around while she was th- on the show, and all of a sudden she was gone. <laughs> she, was, she was nowhere to be heard. <laughs> and what happened to Brandy? So, you know, we, we carried on, and, and I don't remember <laughs> right. if you ever came back by the end of the show, but we, we lost her for a good 30, 40 minutes there. <laughs> we did. And I do like, remember you know, that. She's the primary host. <laughs> it was so funny. I do remember. That's right. I was in Las Vegas in January. Where did you go? I, you know what? It, it's the convention centers in Las Vegas. Sometimes the cell works and sometimes it doesn't. And I was walking around trying not to get to uh, catch eye contact with anyone because I was actually in a convention center. And so I'd see someone I know and I sort of walk the other direction. I'd see someone else I know. I'd walk the other direction and I just walked right out of cell reach. <laughs> <laughs> Got disconnected. But anyway... Um, so interesting. So, so far we've talked about the fact that, you know, really being able to look at yourself because you had your own company, your design company called Naughty Vinkin Designs for a long time. Uh, and you really needed to renegotiate, um, even the name of your company, take off the design part and really brand yourself consistently as Naughty Vinkin, not Naughty, not, you know, even the nonanator as a sub name, but Naughty Vinkin, keep yourself uniform and have consistency there. And you learned a lot of lessons along the way in regard to developing your website, understanding how search engines actually crawl information so that you'll be ranked high. Um, what else have you done? And you also realized, too, instead of paying people a lot of money to create press for you, there was press that was already created, so you were just going to maximize that exposure. Well, like with everything um, else, you know, if you hire a contractor, if you hire anybody, if you don't know anything about the subject, you just trust those people, you know. It's not that you have enough information to make the determination, which that was a valuable lesson learned, you know. But, um, yes, yeah, so I hired all these people that didn't work out, and now it's in my hand. And to come back to the renaming and rebranding, actually, that was uh, an interesting thing because I literally went back to my business plan and my mission and what I was out there to do business out and for, and I decided Nani Vinkin Design is very limiting because it's only about design. Correct. Nani Vinkin, however, can have, and as you go to the website, you can see there's fashionist products, there's lifestyle, there's advice, there's tips and tricks, there's, you know, online, like, design consultation that you can, you know, subscribe to or, or, or purchase. I mean, there's much more to it. There's art, and uh, soon there will be music, too. So as an umbrella brand, Nani Vinkin works much better for me now as Nani Vinkin Design. Which, you know, and, and it does, it t- makes a lot of sense. And I think as people listen, they say, well, of course that makes sense. But not when you view yourself differently because you looked at yourself as a design company. Yeah, of course. I mean, when I look at myself, I think about myself as a creative person. And what I do for a living is designing. It was very different or, or new to me to understand that people couldn't care less about my design. But I mean, there's like, you know, chat rooms and stuff and people just talk about me. Like what food I like and what colors and how I said this and how I did that. And it's not about what I produce any longer. It's about the person. Interesting. So what have you learned from that aspect? How are you promoting yourself different in regard to that aspect? Well, don't go to the grocery store and with wet hair and flip-flops and no makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I was so going to go somewhere else. Okay. No, I know. I'm, I, I'm just joking. It's no, no, no. I don't know. I meant I was going to say something sarcastic, but I shan't. <laughs> I'm going to hold my tongue and yet be polite. Um, 
Okay, so it's so your lifestyle's changed. Well, yes, because you know now I I mean even my fan mail I have people that look at me that write to me little girls and teenagers and stuff that take me as a role model. So all of a sudden you can't you swear be, anymore. You exactly you can't be rude <laughs> in the store or you know swear or complain or be too bitchy. You have to kind of you know make sure that you're always like the role model that you're expected to be, which is great and it's a it's a very fulfilling and and honor honorable thing, I guess. But also, I mean, it's hard for me to understand what can I do with this? What can Nani Vinkin, what does Nani Vinkin provide to all these viewers and all these fans and all these people? And what can I deliver to them as a product that they would enjoy and love and which would be a valuable business for me as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, it's tough to look at yourself that way, you know? Yeah, but I think the, rea- I mean, the reality for you um, has changed a lot just because your reality is, you know, uh, you're going to the airport and being recognized or going to the grocery store and being recognized. Uh, and I think, too, understanding your creative way, um, there are a lot of things that, you know, in our conversations, per se, that you've walked around and you said, you know what, there's some, you know, I, I would like to see things done a certain way. And I think that there's money to be made doing it this way. And because of your status, you have the ability to facilitate things happening a lot more quickly than just being a smart, sharp girl off the streets. Right. I mean, whoever I approach with whatever it is, if I say, hi, I'm Nani Vinken from TLC, blah, blah, I do this, that, and the other, they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And doors open much quicker than three years ago had I come and said, hey, my name is Nani Vinken, and I have this great idea. What do you think? They'd be like, yeah, whatever, you know? Right, which, you know, the silly thing is, and something they don't tout on TLC, is the fact that, you know, you have worked from Bombardier. You have designed, you know, mega yachts. And these aren't just, although I think this is still um, a very respectful thing. You know, you've done the, the interior designs, but you also do the engineering to make sure of, like, the hull integrity. And, you know, so you're a really smart girl who has amazing credentials. But, I mean, isn't it amazing the difference between a really smart girl with amazing credentials versus... A girl ama- on TV. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, really, you could be, like, chewing bubblegum. I could be like just an on-camera designer and have somebody else designing all of this and it, people would be happy too, you know? Absolutely. I don't think it matters to them that I actually do design everything and do purchase everything and do put the whole project together for that TV show. But that's, but that's the point is, well, exactly. For, for those listening today, Nani does. You come up with the, the plan for the homes that, that you're renovating. You come up, you do all the shop, everything that has to do with what you see as the end result. You've done. I mean, and don't you do it even down to um, really planning out, like, who of the crew? Like, yeah. how much time it takes, who's going to do what? I mean, so you really have to have an understanding not only of the design aspect, but of, you know, construction restraints and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, this is like kind of the project management part of the whole show, which to me is fairly easy because if you look at a high-end residential pro- project or a boat, where I have sometimes, I don't know, 30 trade people on there that have to be organized and not, you know, work on top of each other and everything has to be planned in a timely manner. Well, to organize five people on a show is really not so difficult. So yes, I mean, I'm the one that does say, okay, we're going to do this. It's going to take five hours and then blah, blah, blah. It's going to start the carpentry on whatever. So, so that at the end of the day, my objective is to deliver a TV show, but also a finished product. Right, right. Right, which is, I mean, to me, is such an amazing talent because, you know, you are what they call sticky material, which means that people like to watch you and see you and revisit you. Oh, yeah, and why is that? 
Why are you sticky material? Yeah, that's a funny observation. Oh, well, because you, you're, you're hard on the outside, soft on the inside? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because you are... Oh, I don't want to... Here, Mick, you take this one. Why is she sticky material? No, I'm just asking well, from I, I a purely think, uh, PR question. Well, it, it, it may sound like a, uh, you know, a, a strange um, way, way of summing it up, but I would say, Nani, probably the, the biggest thing is you, you don't come off as a... As, and don't take this wrong as a snake oily kind of person because you seem just a little bit unpolished in the English language, and that helps to almost endear people to you, you know, mm-hmm. with your, your accent and your, your persona, the way you carry, carry yourself. Uh, it, it brings about an endearing quality, and, uh, you know, it makes people, uh, you know, want to, you know, be, be a better part or part of your, your program and follow what's going on with your, your production. I guess that could be... Uh, negative if you had some some uh, real crazed fan out there. But uh, <laughs> by the way, I, I noted that you've been uh, studying the martial arts too, so I suppose you can take care of those guys. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, you you uh, you know you just develop an affinity with 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 those that uh, learn about you and 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 have a chance to to see how you work on your show. Well, thank you. I mean, the reason I'm asking this is actually a point that I want to make here is the following: I can see myself and look at myself the way I want to as a product or as a person or as a brand, but it doesn't matter. Exactly. At the end of the day, what matters is the consumer's eye and mind and the image that they portray. So the question arises here in terms of marketing and PR, who am I promoting? Am I promoting me as a person or am I going to try to promote the person that the audience sees and wants to see because naturally on a 45-minute show, minus the commercials, right? Uh, my character is highly edited down and simplified. That's not really who I am. So what do you capitalize on? Do you capitalize on the fact that this is what the audience sees and this is what they love and I'm just going to continue this character and image? Or do you actually go by who you are? How do you, how do you market yourself? Well, you know what's interesting is they, I think, having it, and I understand that they do, you know, hours and hours and hours of extra, you know, B-roll that we'll never we'll never see. That's probably some of the like the highest quality, um, you know, aspects of what's going on on those shoots. But at the end of the day, I think they've done a really good job with your character as a crew member, cast member, in that you know you are the nominator, you are the taskmaster. <laughs> how you say it is is how it is. If you question it, you're wrong. Um, and that's kind of a cool thing because what that does is it continues to set you up as the expert. Uh, as the one to who's got the quick answer to make things happen, you're a bulldozer. Nothing stands in your way, and I think from a um, a consumer standpoint, that separates you enough from them that allows them to respect you as an expert. Um, it brings you close enough to them because it allows them to look at you and go, "Wow, that's like I'd like to be like that." And if I can't be like that myself, I can buy her products or services or whatever to get me feel there. A, feel a part of that that kind of person that way. Yeah. Right. You know, an interesting uh, observation that, that a, uh, a friend of mine uh, made not too long ago, uh, there's, a, there's a car wash in Seattle that uh, I've washed my car at a, a number of times when I've been down there on business and whatnot, but a lot of the um, basketball players and whatnot from the Seattle Supersonics and, and, and other, other pro teams, the Seahawks and whatnot, will also be getting their cars cleaned and detailed out there. And so, you, you know, you're frequently seeing these, you know, these uh, sports, you know, superstars from the, from the area that, and they're there, and, and uh, you see some of them that are 
just like normal people, and and they act that way. Every now and then, though, you see one. I won't name any names, but uh, you know, oh, my buddy it. pointed out that that to sit there and act like you know I'm so great, and you guys are just eating it up that that I'm here, and you know, so because because he figures he's a part of everybody's fantasy world or something because he's a you know a super athlete. Well, for that to be the case, in in truth, that individual is having a bit of a of a fantasy um, relationship with what he thinks the fans are, right, and. Uh, you know, I, I think that's uh, something that we we can't forget is that hey, they're real. They're real people. There's definitely people that that really appreciate or find it interesting or fascinating because it's unusual or unique to be doing some of the things that that guys like uh, those that play on the Supersonics are doing. Yet at the same time, you know, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're you know they're, that they're being worshipped. And so I think that's one of the things too that we always have to keep in mind is you know we we can't put ourselves up on a on a pedestal too much. Um, because, uh, you know, while, while there is a character that, that, uh, Nani, you, you, you play a role, I notice at least through the, through your website, you try and show some other aspects of your, of, of your life, like, you know, the fact that you study the martial arts and some other, other things. And I think that helps just to create a little bit more of a well-rounded who I am kind of person, more, more like, uh, you know, if I were to look at athletes, somebody like Steve Largent, who stepped out away from his role as a super athlete and really got into the community out here. And, and just, you know, a lot of things that he did that made him more than just just a guy who went and played football, you know. And, and they, so I think there's something to that side of, of uh, public relations, too, making yourself really, you know, a part of your public and, and from a genuine, sincere form of um, direction. Of, what you, you just uh, touched on is an important thing because as somebody that is recognized or somebody that, you know, has followers and people you have suddenly a power that can benefit organizations like anything from, you know, you see a lot of celebrities, part of the Red Cross, part of the human... Mm -hmm. And yourself. Sorry, yes, as myself too, because suddenly you realize that, oh my gosh, I can just, with my being there and my personality, help these people out greatly. So I just, um, this year, accepted to be a spokesperson for NOC, which is the National Ovarian Cancer Coalition. And at first I was surprised because I'm like, well, what can I do for you? I mean, I can help you do some creative stuff or fix some this or some that. And they're like, no, no, just, you know, show up at events and be a spokesperson. And that's when you realize. You, with you can open this, doors, nobody right. else can. Sorry? No, Mick was saying that you can open up doors that others can't. I mean, it's, it, that's a true testimony to the fact that, you know, you've arrived, baby. <laughs> and you can give back to a community that you benefit from. Right, and I think, you know, that's, that's such a cool thing that suddenly you, you are that person that should give back and, and can very easily so. Yeah, which is so, you know, I mean, and that's another, like, you know, going to sleep with yourself and feeling good and then looking in the mirror and feeling good. But yes, and you know something, and doing, and, and I've always preached, and we haven't really discussed this a lot on the radio show, but, um, you know, Fortunately or unfortunately, there's no good charity out there. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of ways that companies or individuals can give to a great cause, an important cause, but also benefit themselves as well. Using you know sponsorships, whether it's being uh, like yourself, being a spokesperson, so that there, it's a quid pro quo. And people don't often enough use that route because there is an intended audience for that, and you can make a huge difference. So you know, kudos to you. We're doing something that benefits um, a phenomenal cause, but also continues to forward you and keep you out um, in the public eye. Correctly, because now that in return has given me some great PR. 
Yeah, exactly. And you're also being touted as, you know, a woman who's, you know, the, the, you know, the nominator, this hard ass, so to speak, also has a heart. And she's someone that stands on certain principles and stands up against bad diseases. And that, you know, that's only going to strengthen who you are in your persona in the public eye. That's extremely important when creating that brand and, and extending yourself. 100%. So, Mick. Yes. Ah, there you are. <laughs> I'm just enjoying the show. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a listener today. You know, hey. No, I don't want you to be a listener. <laughs> I love when you speak. Well, I tell you, it's, it's been a, uh, a great me. opportunity to learn from, from Nani. And, and uh, the, one, the one question that I, that I still want to ask is, as you've found your, your way to the level of success that you have, I know that the, the television show was a huge um, catalyst in, in, in being able to promote yourself publicly. And not that that was your goal when you, when you set, it, set out on the show necessarily, but how did you land the show? I mean, that's something, you know, we have a lot of folks we talk to that just want to get an interview, you know, or, or maybe write up in, a, in their local paper or whatever else it is that they're trying to do to obtain a little bit of publicity in their, in their field or, or in their industry. So, so your question is, how did I get you took to uh, become basically a, a uh, central figure on your own show? Well, the funny part is actually this. This is the, the, the whole oxymoron is that Somebody actually told me about a casting call, and I'm like, you know what, that's a bunch of, you know, bogus. I mean, I'm not, you know, an actor. I'm not, uh, you know, an interior designer by trade. I'm, I'm not all of these things, and I have a funny accent. That's not going to go over well. And it was for designing some nursery on Discovery Health. So I was reluctant to go, and then, you know, actually TLC came into my office with a video camera and filmed me. So then they took that material and took it back to the offices where these... Uh, Executive producers decided that, yeah, that she is not the right one for this nursery design, redesign, makeover thing. Absolutely not, because that's really far-fetched from who I am or what I do. But here's this great show idea that we have, and so that's how this came about. So then I got really excited because I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And I'm lucky that I was, you know, part of the first baby steps and how this whole show, show was developed and how it got put together and, and, and how it actually, you know, made it. It was almost custom built for you, if you will. Sorry, what? I... It was custom built. It you. was custom built because really that's what I do, and it has some really, you know, demolition stuff, which is like more of a, you know, it attracts more of the the, the male crowd and the male viewership, and then it has some soap opera qualities because it follows characters and people around, and then it has at the end of the day some really design focused. Ideas were, you know, the female audience is more into watching the show. Yeah, because decorating the real requirement, the candlesticks, as you say, whatever it is. I mean, right down to the details. You know, I mean, I don't want to name any names, but there's other home remodeling shows out there where guys would go, well, that's great, but it's like pillows and curtains. It's not interesting to me. However, we, you know, do entire kitchens. We do entire homes where we tear down walls and rebuild walls. I mean, it's like a heavy-duty heavy construction lifting. job. It's right. not just fluff. So when you come into my house, Nani, I have a uh, 1948 built brick home. <laughs> Are you in a fix? Are you in a dilemma? Oh, no, I don't have a major dilemma. I mean, it's, it's livable, but <laughs> I have lots of design ideas that I can, I can almost imagine. <laughs> you know, I do have a design business. So. Ah, look at Nani <laughs> closing business online. Maybe, Maybe we can barter to, uh, services here, PR against design consulting or so. Ah. There you go. 
Look at that. Making deals happen right here on, <laughs> on Cover Story. Uh, my goodness, guys. Yeah, we're at that we're, time, aren't we, We've got like two minutes before close. And so, Miss Nani Vinkin, what are your next step in this new year? Wow. My next step in this new year is, um, A, I have a little baby project, which is called Liquid Sound Dimension, because I love music. It looks as if it's going to be a not-for-not-profit organization. But essentially, I'm going to devote some time to that. Fabulous. It is a company that brings, you know, different music experience to South Florida or wherever else in the U.S. And just, you know, providing great DJs, great concerts, and great uh, electronic digital music. Fabulous. So good for you. So this, you know, being on TV is really expanded your horizons. I think not even just to brand yourself as a person, but also to allow you to open yourself up to a lot of things that maybe you looked at as hobbies before and since said, you know what? There's so many things for me to do out there and the TV sort of opened the door to do that. Yeah, it's all good. It is all good. I think that's so exciting. Uh, and I think what our listening audience has heard is just how you need to sort of, um, how you perceive yourself is not how others perceive you and to really understand your intended marketplace and sort of craft your image so that you keep your integrity but that you package yourself in a way that people can easily embrace. So thank you, Nani Finkin, for coming on this, today's edition of Cover Story. Thank you, Brandy. And thank you, Mick. Hey, thank you, Nani. Enjoyed the show, and uh, hopefully we can have you back again sometime in the future. Sure, anytime. Yeah, actually, Miss, Miss Nani might be uh, hanging out at Webmaster Radio a little more often. <laughs> we'll go into that very shortly. So everyone out there, have a great day, and we will you know, listen to you all next. We'll listen to you all. You'll listen to us all next Wednesday on Cover Story. Have a great weekend.